This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. For the News and Observer and the NC Insider, I'm Dawn Vaughn, your host for Under the Dome, on Monday, September 19th, 2022. I'm here today with my colleague, Will Doran. We're seven weeks from Election Day and even earlier than that for absentee and early voting. As we've mentioned in past podcast episodes, national names are coming to North Carolina to campaign. Vice President Kamala Harris was just here. Of course, she's not campaigning, but they're campaigning for other people, for their, their party's candidates. So Kamala Harris was here. Former President Donald Trump is coming to Wilmington this week. Uh, the Trump and MAGA wing of the Republican Party has another national name coming. Uh, it's uh, Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She'll be at a Wake County GOP event. But Trump and Green don't speak for all Republicans, just a base that's being catered to when it comes down to every vote counts when you're trying to win. So that brings us to another big name Republican who just visited Raleigh a few days ago, former President George W. Bush. Now, he wasn't here to campaign for himself or anybody else. He was here to talk to Boy Scouts. And Will, you know a little something about Boy Scouts and being a Boy Scout, an Eagle Scout yourself, right? Yes, I spent um, most of my uh, first 18 years of life in the Cub Scouts and then the Boy Scouts. And uh, yeah, I got my Eagle Scout in uh, what 2007, uh, the Suwannee River Area Council down in Florida. So, uh, but yeah, no, this was an event for the Okanichi Council up here in North Carolina. Uh, for people who aren't familiar with the ins and outs of uh, Boy Scouts, each state is broken up into a couple of councils. And uh, this one is for kind of the central part of the state, the Triangle and Fayetteville and some of the rural counties around in the area. And they, yeah, I, they got a huge name in George Bush coming to speak. You know, I mean, councils have these fundraisers every year uh, and you do not get the former president every year. <laughs> you know, that, that was a, a big get for them. And I, I think they said at the event that it was a record crowd, which is not surprising. Uh, you know, obviously that's, you know, a ton of people want to come out to see George Bush. Um, although he actually wasn't technically even the headliner at this event. Um, <laughs> that uh, the, the real headliner was uh, Temple Sloan, um, who anyone uh, familiar with uh, either the Raleigh business world or the state kind of Republican political donor world is going to know he's um, a huge, huge real estate developer here in Raleigh. He's affiliated with uh, like Highwoods Properties, if people know that name, Um, became a billionaire selling an auto parts company to advanced auto parts um, a couple of years ago. Um, Sanford native, um, who's obviously here in Raleigh now. um, And he had, you know, big names, you know, there for him too, you know, uh, Supreme Court Chief Justice Paul Newby did a little video for him. The former CEO of Bank of America, Hugh McCall, did a video for him. The founder of Golden Corral sent in a little video for him. Um, so, you know, uh, Rick Hendrick from Hendrick Motorsports, you know, like, uh, so there were a, a bunch of big names at this event uh, in Raleigh on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, and, and beyond that, uh, you know, any any big name in the, in the business world or really, you know, uh, 
Republican political world uh, was there. Uh, in addition to little old me, I managed to talk my way in as well. Uh, <laughs> That's a pretty big range of, of businesses. I've actually been to Golden Corral lately. They have um, pretty good roles. So that uh, so why why do you think uh, George? How did they get George Bush? Do you know? Did anybody tell you how how they got Bush to come talk? I mean, he's a bigger name. He's a household name for sure. Obviously, as president, more than any business or a business person or the businesses they own. Absolutely. Um, I imagine he was paid to speak. I mean, you know, most formal politicians make a decent amount of money on the speaking circuit. Um, but the Bushes are just in general longtime supporters of scouting. So he might have done it out of the goodness of his heart. Um, but uh, he uh, he did make a joke at one point asking people to buy his book uh, saying, oh, you know, look, I'm just I'm living off a pension right now. I need your support, uh, you know, which as the former president, I think his pension is $400,000 a year. So he's doing okay. Oh, a, gover- a government retiree. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you managed to get in there, uh, but you're obviously a reporter. So what what kind of rules do they have for you or anybody else as, as far as who was in the room and, and what you were doing or, or, or recording, I guess is my question at the event. Yeah, well, you know, um, a big part of the scout law is that a scout is trustworthy, uh, as any fellow Eagle Scouts uh, listening will know. So, you know, when I signed up, I, you know, made it very clear that I was a reporter with the Raleigh News Observer, you know, wasn't trying to, to hoodwink anybody. Um, they did have a big message flashing on the screen right before Bush started speaking that was like, no videotaping, no pictures, no note taking, no audio recording. I don't know if that was aimed only at me or <laughs> if it was aimed at just the audience in general. Um, but I followed the rules. I was a good boy. I didn't, uh, you know, I, I probably could have recorded it if I had wanted to. I don't think anyone would have caught me, but, uh, you know, played by the rules at a, you know, you kind of have to at a Boy Scout event. Um, <laughs> uh, Scout's honor, right? Scout's honor. Um, so afterwards, uh, you know, we did obviously still write an article. He was there. I mean, it was a huge deal. They raised well over $2 million for the council. So that's going to go a really long way to helping, you know, local Boy Scout troops in the area. Um, and, you know, former president was there. So we wrote an article about it. Um, I didn't quote anything that Bush said. Um, he actually, he made a point of saying in a speech that, in general, he thinks it's a uh, bad form for ex-presidents to comment on what the current president is doing. I don't know if that was a direct commentary on Trump and his uh, uh, his his fond habit of chiming in on the Biden administration or not. Um, he, he never mentioned uh, any of his successors by name, Trump or Biden or Obama. Um, he, you know, he was pretty careful not to not to call anybody out directly, you know, and he said that was actually a lesson he learned from his dad, um, you know, a former president himself. He was like, he knew never to call me with advice or with criticism because I was already getting so much of that. Anytime he called me, it was just with support, you know, a good little family anecdote there. Um, and so he said he tried to, you know, live that lesson himself by by not uh, chiming in and making headlines by commenting on you know, what what Biden or Trump have been up to in the last few years. That's interesting. If you work in any capacity in politics, criticism is a pretty regular, you know, torrential rain on you with, with occasional with occasional praise. So uh, tell me about how would you characterize if Bush was running now or if he was president now, considering we were just talking about about Marjorie Taylor Greene coming and obviously Trump. 
and how they've changed the party in the years since Bush was in office. And people on the on the other side of the aisle thought Bush was extreme in some ways in office. Do you think he would be characterized that way now or or no? Or is he more of a, a moderate now in comparison anyway? Well, I, you know, I think uh, certainly people still think um, that Bush is extreme. There are some protesters outside the event holding arrest Bush signs, you know, associated with the group Stop Torture Now. Um, people who've been in North Carolina for a few years will remember that we were actually a key part of the CIA torture program here. Uh, they ran a lot of the flights out of Smithfield um, since it's you know close to Fort Bragg and all of the Delta Force guys who were based down at Fort Bragg and Navy SEALs who were, you know, capturing suspected terrorists would bring them back. And then the CIA would, you know, drive them up to Smithfield or whatever, or fly them to Smithfield or however they got them there and then take them overseas to be interrogated. Um, so, you know, people haven't forgotten here in North Carolina, you know, some of the more controversial aspects of his presidency. But in general, you know, a lot of the things he said would definitely you know, make him, I think, you know, a little bit to the left of the modern day Republican Party. Um, he spoke at length about immigration reform, um, you know, obviously couched with the need for, you know, tighter border security, which was something that he supported as president too. But, you know, you don't really hear you know, modern day Republicans talking about, you know, the need to, uh, to streamline visas and, you know, make it easier for guest workers to get into the country and find jobs. Um, you know, he talked about, uh, you know, being concerned about ex domestic extremism and about conspiracy theories that are promulgating on the internet, you know, all these things that the modern day Republican Party doesn't particularly want to mention at all. So it, it was interesting to hear some of those topics. And it, I should note, this was an event with a lot of Republicans at it, and a lot of these lines got some applause. Um, you know, so I, I think that shows that, you know, obviously Trump and his movement don't speak for for all Republicans, there is definitely still some uh, some friction in the party, I think, on, on which direction they want to head in. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Will what his Eagle Scout project was. And then we're going to talk about the status of voter ID and our headliners of the week. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. You're listening to Under the Dome. I'm News and Observer politics reporter Don Vaughn, here with Will Doran. Well, so as I mentioned before the break, you were talking about being an Eagle Scout and George W. Bush came to Raleigh to talk to the Scouts. What was your Eagle Scout project? And if you can tell listeners, too, especially since we have listeners not just in state government, but in local government, what you told me the other day at the office about how that changed your perspective on understanding how local government works, too. So what, what was your Eagle Scout project? Sure. Well, I, I think I mentioned at the top of the podcast that it was, I grew up in Florida. So you know that my project had to involve sinkholes. Um, <laughs> there was a, a lake uh, in uh, Tallahassee where I grew up that uh, had a sinkhole develop and the lake completely drained. Uh, it just went totally dry for a few years. And there was a county park nearby that the county basically just kind of forgot about, let fall into disrepair. 
then after a few years, when I was in high school, it started filling back up with water. Um, but the county never went back and fixed up the park. And uh, But it was a place that I had gone to. It was near my house. And so I, um, when I was thinking about what I should do for my Eagle Scout project, I set up a meeting with the county manager and said like, hey, you know, there's this park. I don't know if y'all just forgot that it exists, but it looks real bad. You know, me and my troop would love to, to fix it up. So we went in, we repainted and repaired, you know, all the picnic shelters there, some of like little kiosks with maps because there were hiking trails and like a boat ramp. We built some benches. Of course, the Boy Scouts always want you to build something so they can put a plaque on it that says this thing was built by a Boy Scout. Um, so we did all sorts of good stuff. Um, went back, you know, several times, uh, you know, obviously moved up to North Carolina, but I've been back several times since I've been back home visiting my parents and, uh, you know, it's still looking pretty nice. Uh, so that makes me feel happy. And, you know, like, like you said, Don, it was really kind of my first interaction with, you know, the, the level of government that's closest to people, which is, you know, your, your local government, your county government, you know, who, who keeps up your parks and all of that stuff. And, you know, it just kind of, you know, I, as a high schooler, I had never thought of, you know, like who's the county manager or, you know, what's the county's priority list for repairing the parks and rec <laughs> facilities or things like that. Um, but, you know, it's something that, you know, has kind of, uh, you know, helped me out as I've reported on local governments, uh, you know, in several places around the state and obviously now at the, the state government level, but yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, any, any boys or girls out there who want to get involved, uh, now that Boy Scouts also allows, uh, girls to join and get their Eagle, uh, I would definitely suggest that I had a lot of fun. I've covered local government too. And, and we for sure know all about like parks budgets and everything else and, and how all that works in county managers and town and city managers. I was in a scouts group called Explorers in high school, which was the co-ed adventure scouts, uh, where I did a lot of fun stuff. So anyway, anecdotes aside, uh, fill us in real quick on what the latest is with voter ID in the state Supreme Court. And then after that, we'll get to our headliners. Yes, uh, completely changing tracks. Um, at the uh, state Supreme Court, they recently uh, passed down a decision. Uh, they had previously, they had already decided to speed up one of our big voter ID cases. Um, we got some more clarity on that just recently. They're going to hear that before the election in October. Um, this trend of speeding up cases, which they've done a couple times this year, I think with four, yeah, it's four times, with, all with kind of politically involved cases. They've sped them up uh, to make sure that the court hears them this year. And all of the decisions have been four to three, with the four Democrats voting yes and the three Republicans voting no. And the Republicans are concerned that the Democrats are just doing this uh, to get stuff done before the elections, uh, because there are two seats on the court up for election this year, and both of them are held by Democrats. So if Republicans flip even just one of those two seats in November, they're going to take back the majority, uh, something that they have not had on the Supreme Court since 2016. Uh, it's been six years of Democratic control. And so the Republicans say that this is just a cynical political move by the Democrats, uh, to speed these cases along and make sure that they can be heard by a Democratic majority. Um, Democrats say, no, this is important. These cases were going to end up at the Supreme Court anyways, and they're huge questions that have, you know, affect our elections, affect you know, big parts of civic life here in North Carolina, and it makes sense to, to get them done as soon as possible and why waste time and money 
you know, dragging it out for years in the court system. If we all know it's going to end up at the Supreme Court anyways, let's just get it done with. Um, so that's kind of the latest in that uh, political clash at the Supreme Court and, you know, just puts even more attention on those elections coming up later this year. Uh, the judicial races came up in an event that Governor Cooper was at this week at Georgetown University up in up in D.C. And he had a question from from Georgetown students and one asked about the judicial races here. And Cooper said, I hate partisan judicial races. We should not have partisan judicial races. And he talked about money in races. And he said that they don't have the same level as others. And and he said that, quote, Democrats spent or he and uh, on his campaign. So obviously Democrats uh, spent, quote, 40 million dollars in my race when I ran for governor. It's insane. That was how the, the governor described uh, all the money into all of this. So. All right. Well, we're up for headliner of the week. Uh, I'm going to go first with something lighter. Will might have something a little more serious that affects our day to day lives. But I am going to pick Cheerwine, the, the North Carolina soft drink, the, the cherry soda. And the reason that's my headliner is there was all this chatter this week over this video clip that WRAL reporter Travis Fain had of the governor pitching Diet Sun Drop to me as he was just putting his mic on before we talked about serious things like Medicaid expansion. But anyway, the what I found uh, as a result of that is that the North Carolina Chamber has been polling people for the coolest thing made in North Carolina and Salisbury's own Cheerwine Soda is in the running. So Cheerwine is my headliner. Will, tell me your headliner. Well, I am a big Cheerwine fan. Um, <laughs> however, I think you're right, Don. I'll, I'll go for something a little more serious uh, to, uh, to mix things up. Uh, I'm going to go with the railroad strikes, these big national strikes that we've been seeing from railroad workers uh, this week. Um, it's not really something that we see a lot in North Carolina union strikes. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're the least unionized state in the country. Um, I think just about every year, it's either us or South Carolina taking the bottom spot. So, you know, union-led strikes are not something that's just a normal storyline here in North Carolina. But this is something that is, you know, even though it's a national story, it's affecting tons of towns all across the state because a lot of cities in North Carolina were founded as railroad towns. And a lot of places in this country or in the state still have you know, active rail lines going through the middle of downtown. They got people who work for, you know, CSX or Amtrak or uh, Norfolk Southern or, you know, whatever rail lines have places going by. So that, I think that's been something that, you know, even though it's a national story has really affected a lot of local people too. Um, our colleague Richard Stradling uh, wrote a nice article on it uh, last week. Uh, you can go find that at newsobserver.com on the, on the railroad strikes. So that's going to be my headliner. It was really interesting that the negotiations, the labor negotiations lasted 20 hours. That is a long time. And when people are up on a deadline, they'll, uh, you know, do what needs to be done because that would have had a, a massive impact across the country with supply and everything else. In the end, it uh, sure looks like the workers got uh, got what they needed, which was really just basic things like being able to get, you know, paid, paid sick time off. So anyway. For the News and Observer, I'm Don Vaughn with Will Doran. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. 
For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider and sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.